to the League of Champs, an arena where we invite everyday athletes, coaches, and entrepreneurs to discuss the methodologies they use to affect change and achieve purpose. League of Champs sits at the intersection of mindfulness and sport with one intention, victory. Join us. What up, what up? League of Champs, episode volume two. We've got Nicole Loher here. And yeah, Nicole, what's up? How's it going? Hey, it's going well. Rainy day here in New York. Thanks so much for having me. Right on. I, I know we've talked about this for a little bit, so it's nice to finally bring this all together and get you on. Um, I will let you introduce yourself as I am not the best at uh, the introduction. So, yeah, wh- wh- who are you? What do you do? Where are you at? <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, I'm Nicole. I'm a 27-year-old who lives in New York City. Um, my day job encompasses quite a bit of marketing and artificial intelligence for greater good. Um, in the evenings and on the weekends, I'm an adjunct professor um, at New York University. So I write and teach quite a few classes in social media and digital marketing. And then in my fun free time, um, I like to think of myself as an everyday athlete. <laughs> well, that's perfect because League of Champs is uh, made for the everyday athlete. <laughs> you fit right in here. Um, that's super dope. It's uh, you, you do a lot. And I think we got introduced... You and Joe Holder were doing some, like, get checked thing. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. That was, like, I feel like that was almost two years ago. And it was, we were on, Joe Holder and I were on a panel together. And I, like, only knew of Joe through the internet. And he only knew of me through the internet. But you guys were friends, I think. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's how, that's how the internet works. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I thought, because well, he remarked something about your Twitter. And I was like, oh, they've got to know each other. And I was like, I'm going to follow you on Twitter. And then that's how our whole sort of connection kicked off. Um, but yeah, I'm fascinating yeah. to some degree <laughs> or not fascinating at all. Um, the internet, bringing people together. The internet, that's what it That's what it does, especially in 2020, unfortunately. So with all that being said, um, what has been going on for you since the top of the year? I know a bunch, but... I really wanted to, uh, this whole conversation for a little bit of background for everyone listening kicked off because um, me and Nicole follow each other on Instagram and she um, posts her Whoop recovery score quite a bit and I'm always intrigued because <laughs> there's been a bit of dialogue back and forth between her and I about, you know, the, the benefits of Whoop and for those that don't know what Whoop is, it is a device that you wear on your wrist that tracks your heart rate and your uh, heart rate variability uh, along with your sleep. Um, so it spits out all these metrics that you can sort of utilize to um, help you train better, recover better, rest better. Um, and yeah, Nicole's really good at, uh, at not only recovery, but sharing <laughs> her recovery for the, <laughs> for the better or worse. So, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot going on since the top of the year, Nicole, how, um, how have you adjusted and how have you been making sure that, uh, that you've been recovering well? Yeah. So, um, I mean, quite a few things have happened. I started, well, end of last year, and I guess I kicked off the year um, training for my first marathon. My background is actually in triathlon, Olympics, 
and half Ironman distance. Um, I've never done a full marathon before, so I was really looking forward to doing that. Um, things sort of shifted with, you know, COVID-19, coronavirus happening and essentially putting the city that I live in on lockdown. Um, I actually live in a part of the city that is super on lockdown um, and it is like very hard to run without being in close quarters to other people so it's just not actually safe at this point so I mean for someone that's actually gone from um, training I guess like you know anywhere from 90 minutes to two and a half three hours a day to now I think I'm probably at like an hour maybe I'll max out at 90 minutes a day uh, training in my 300 by 300 square foot apartment um, training style is definitely a little bit different I have to say though recovery is still kind of the same and I think you know for myself and for anyone listening I think you know now is actually like a really good time to like practice the art of actually recovery it's like you have essentially all the time in the world to put into yourself right now um almost like like why would you not even attempt to so I mean as far as like recovery and what that looks like for me on like a day-to-day it really is like an all-encompassing part of my day. You know, I wake up stretching. <laughs> I sit at my computer most of the day, so I try to get up every 20 minutes and stretch. Um, yeah. And my and my day with stretching. It's just like it's and it's not just that. It's like you know, it's we can get into this, I guess, a little later. But it hasn't always been like that. So I mean, in the last what month are we been? I'm like, what is today? <laughs> what um, is today? Are we still doing? <laughs> we this? are. We. We are almost in May, everyone. Um, no, but yeah, in the last four to five months, um, recovery and since having my whoop, it's just, I've completely shifted my lifestyle, I think. Wow. That's, that's pretty amazing. So to take a step back and to, to give some context, um, as an everyday athlete, yeah, where did sort of your athletic pursuits start? Um, I know you've been in New York for quite some time. But yeah, full background on like, when did you sort of fully jump into being quote unquote an an athlete? Yeah, so it kind of happened haphazardly. I was not an active kid. I found every way to get out of gym class. I never ran the mile once when I was in middle school, elementary school, high school, um, which is just kind of crazy because both my parents were athletes growing up. um, And yeah, so, I mean, I was well out of college um, and into, I think, my second job within my career. Um, when I joined my company's triathlon team, they essentially were like, oh, you could you could do a triathlon because you do spin class twice a week. And I was like, okay, thinking, like, <laughs> this is going to be a breeze. I literally had – I didn't even know what training for any – I didn't know what any of these words were. I didn't know what, like, placing in a triathlon was. So – um, it was probably like, I think it was like five or six years ago now that that was. And um, I spent three months training with like a team of like 12 people. We flew to Kona in Hawaii and competed in the Lava Man Ironman. Oh, wow. You went, you went, no, 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 it was Olympic, it was Olympic distance. Um, straight to Kona it, though? It was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it's on the same, so it is on the same course, which is like kind of, so I, this is what I'm saying. I didn't even know that like, that was like such a big deal back then. I was yeah, just like, exactly. oh, we're yeah, that's so, a huge deal. I was like, so sick. We're going to Hawaii. So we, I went to Hawaii. Um, I did the race. I mean, it was like, honestly, the most fun I've ever had in doing anything. I, I mean, it was just, it was incredible. The energy, there were people smiling, cheering. It was just like, I, it's such a hallmark for the island. And then, you know, 
I finished whatever it was like a big hurrah um came back I actually flew back to New York the next day um just because I I wanted to jump right back into work and like you know being a young adult in New York I guess and um but my (laughs) a few days later my um my trainer and coach texted me and he goes oh by the way you placed I actually think you should consider doing this oh wow so so I began working, you know, to figure out what next races I wanted to do. And at the same time, um, I was actually in the process of doing like my first photo shoot with Adidas, um, which ended up fostering a very long-term relationship with them, um, that I still have now. And, um, they've been super supportive. And like I said, it was very haphazard. I didn't think that like, I just went to have fun. And then I came out of it as like this person that ended up really finding like so much therapy and love out of sports. That's yeah, that's amazing. So just for context for everyone who's listening, Kona is in in the context of triathlon, Kona is like the top big triathlon of the year. That's like the Ironman is where all the pros are. That is like the pinnacle race of the year. So the fact that you like one of your first triathlons or your first triathlon was in Hawaii on the Kona course is like amazing (laughs) let alone just like the fact that you know you had the courage or just the full-on inspiration to just jump straight in and that yeah I mean Kona is I can't really put into context for people but Kona is like a really big deal especially for your especially for your first um triathlon so congratulations that's that's awesome what was it what was it like coming out of that did you have any perspective afterwards like holy cow I just did like the Kona course or was it just like oh that was fun um again like I had like literally while I was in Hawaii I had no idea that like I I just I, I was so new to the sport um I you know coming out of it I think I was just like I was just so proud of myself before I even started training like most people don't know like I couldn't swim I couldn't ride a bike all I really knew how to do was like do a spin class for 45 minutes. And then I also like, I'd been running like, but not, you know, it was just like beginner runner had like, I think like some sort of Nike freeze or something. Um, nothing for like long distance. I didn't know what like a structured plan was. And for someone that like most people know me as being like such an ambitious and driven person, I don't think people really understood that. Like if I didn't have a coach, like there's no way I would have been able to do what I did. I just, yeah. I would have, yeah. So I think, you know, I learned, I just came out, I came coming out of it. I just found myself a different person. That's amazing. And that, that structure from your coach and, and the focus definitely helped. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. A, that's awesome. And from, so from then, like when you first started racing to now, how has your perspective or even understanding on recovery like changed? what's what's the major differences from from now and then <laughs> I think I was t- I think the reason we kicked this off to um a few weeks ago when we started talking about this is like I used to view recovery as like because everyone talks about recovery in the fitness community is like you get one rest day you get one cheat day and like you just like you act like a slob and like it's just the way that like recovery is kind of you know talked about in sort of the athlete community sometimes gets a little muddled like that. Um, And I found that like a lot of times I did that for many years and I found that a lot of times that I just felt kind of worse the next day after recovery. Cause like (laughs) I would do all those things. Like I would 
sleep all day. I would drink all night. I would eat like shit. I would party. You know what I mean? It was, I did, it was like two ends of the spectrum that people knew me on almost. And it just, it, it wasn't even just like, it's so, you know, looking at it now, it's, and how things have sort of shifted. Um, again, like it's, I, I look at everything that I do is having an opportunity to recover. Um, and that's sort of where, and I think my mindset sort of shifted when I realized that I could probably become a better athlete if I focused more on the recovery and not so much on making every workout fucking phenomenal. Yeah. So, you know, when, when I think about it, it's like, what am I actually eating? So I've always really been into nutrition. I've always really been into like fueling to feel or like eating to feel my workouts rather. Um, I've, you know, I sleep had never really been top of priority for me. Hydration. I was just kind of whatever about. And I think when I began to like flip the lens on that a little bit, it became apparent that that was like a huge factor into like my success, but then more so going back to I first got it and I think now I'm actually able to see sort of the return on my actual focus on recovery so like whenever I take a rest day I definitely am like way more ready to go the next day that's that's amazing so I hear two things like major things one just a total shift in perspective uh not to be corny, but like recovery is a full lifestyle. It's not just like one day or two days worth a week where you rest and sort of do what you want and then jump back, um, into training. And then two, like something very important and something that I've had to learn, uh, the hard way through training for middle distance and in short distance running is that like, you can't go hard every day that you know my amateur understanding when I first started training was like you know like you run and you run fast on a daily basis to try to get better but um that's just not how this works so what when was the shift for you like in the last few years to or was it a gradual shift to understanding that like you know you almost recovered during your workouts along with like your recovery days, your water, your diet, your sleep. Like when did that shift happen? Yeah. So it was kind of gradual. I mean, so from the first side of things, you know, I was definitely one of those people and for people that have been following me and that are probably listening now, they know that I used to really pride myself on like, you know, today I swam for two hours straight and then, and then I did like a four hour bike ride right after. And then like just really upping myself and really putting such an emphasis on, you know, how many miles I was clocking, how fast I was going. And like that, like, that's all good and great for like really peak days. But I have to say after my first season of, you know, doing that to myself, it's like, I was definitely burnt out. And then I think on the other side of it, it's like, you know, as I was training for my first marathon, it's like, I've had a really amazing coach in all of it. And, you know, he's been really the one to help me understand, like, you know, there's different paces for different days and they will all make you better. Um, So I think, you know, that's only something that I've really learned in, I think, probably the last six months. Um, So it's like, as long as I've been doing sport, it's, you know, that's such a small chunk of time. And I think if anyone takes anything from this, it's like, yeah, put in the work to actually like understand that you can go at different paces and still become the best athlete you possibly can out of that. Yeah, totally. Such a critical note that like understanding sort of what your pacing is, what your objectives are, what your goals are and how that 
pacing and your training schedule will differ on a day-to-day basis is such an essential part, not only to like getting faster or, uh, you know, becoming healthier, but just, yeah, giving your body a chance to improve while still, uh, I'll take something from Tim Man Elite, shout out Tim Man, uh, to keep, mm-hmm. to keep the ball rolling. Right. Um, we notice when we go too hard for too many days that, yeah, you can, you can wear yourself out. You can strain yourself. You can get injured. And the whole point of the pacing and sort of understanding where you're at and your goals and, and working towards the end goal is to, uh, yeah, structure that out and incrementally get faster, um, or healthier if you would on a daily basis. So with all that being said, pivoting back to your, your whoop, we've had some very good discussion back and forth about whoop. I remember (laughs) when you first got it, you were like, I I know I'm not sleeping enough. Like this is stupid. Um, how has your relationship changed since? And like, yeah, what are you really grabbing from all your whoop data? I mean, I feel like I'm learning something. I've had it. So I've had my whoop, I think, for three months now. Um, right I I think a little bit longer, maybe. But I've, you know, maybe it's been four, yeah, things like three or four months. But, um, you know, when I first got it, everyone's like, oh, you learned so much about this, your sleep habits. And I'm like, no fucking shit. I know that I sleep four <laughs> hours a night. Like, I don't need a device, like a device that I pay for every month to tell me that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's. I also try to tell people um, that it takes, you know, and I think Luke does a really bad job at this and not telling you that like, it's not just like the first month of data, but it really does take like three months for it to get to know you. Totally. And, you know, so like, I remember at that three month mark, I saw and really got invested in like what your HRV rate is. And, um, and I saw that mine was like 230% better than like most other women <laughs> yeah. my age. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> that's what sparked this conversation. I was like, whoa, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, so, I mean, it's like, it's, I, so that's not something that I was looking at, but it's like, now I am looking at it because I'm like, wow, like if that one little insight that I have can like help push me in a direction to optimize my quote unquote everyday athleteness, like even further like hell yeah let's do it because like i'm just even though like i'm not competing right now i have no idea what my next race is going to be it's like like you just still have to find that inspiration wherever and like to totally. keep pushing you forward um so i'm looking at that um and then i also honestly i i'm looking to at like my strain and while i am a big believer in like you have to sort of listen to your body on like a day-to-day basis i actually do think the further along I've gotten in like this relationship with my whoop it actually is very good at telling me when I need to be pushing harder so yeah yeah. so um I look at that I've always trained in the last six five to six years using my heart rate so that's something I'm always looking at too um when I'm working out totally yeah so full disclosure uh whoop is not sponsoring this this is like just (laughs) total discussion between two friends who both actually use whoop I've had mine for I think the better part of seven or eight months um and yeah Nicole's right like it 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 takes and they they sort of give you a disclosure on this when you first get it but it takes a few months for your whoop band to get to know you which sounds weird but it really does need like a full couple months worth of data set to adjust to you and, and give you the right metrics so something else you just said which is like super important and maybe too much for me just because I'm, I'm a data person and I love the insights and my coach too is sort of pushed back against that uh shout out Jess Lynn uh in New York 
she said, you know, run more by feel, but I'm like, <laughs> I want the insights to back up how I feel. So that's where for me, to your point, Nicole, I've loved the whoop data because on the days that I do have a high strain or a hard workout, um, you know, I can put some metric against that along with like the recovery piece. How well did I recover as I go into the next day for a workout? You know, where am I? Where am I at? Obviously, the, the feeling piece is critical, but I think sometimes it's just, you know, humans, right? We, mm-hmm. we don't always necessarily have the best read on how we feel. At least I know very specifically for me, like I'll, I'll just go hard again the next day if, um, I think I feel good enough. So yeah, I mean, critical point there is like having some insights and some data to back up how you feel, um, you know, is, is super essential. And I think, for anyone who's just getting started working out or, or if you're a more, you know, avid sort of quote unquote athlete, like having those metrics. I mean, most of us do, most of us do train by heart rate or have some sort of understanding of pace. But yeah, for those of you that are just getting started, um, I'm not advocating you go out and buy anything, but just to have, uh, some sort of metrics to balance against your workouts. I mean, it can be an Apple watch. I use Garmin, um, you know, utilizing some of these data tools to back up how you feel is, uh, it, it just helps in the long term for not only getting better, but just to give you some sort of insight on like, you know, how fast am I running? What is my heart rate when I'm in zone three, which we'll get into in a totally different conversation, but, um, <laughs> really cool in terms of how you're using the data to, to drive, um, your workouts to totally sort of shift gears here in the last few months with everything going on with COVID, how have you been able to be at home and still lean in on your community and, and still get your workouts in? Yeah. Um, so I actually think that the last two months or so months, two months, however long it's even been anymore. Um, I think I've actually grown closer to the fitness community that I'm in. Um, I pretty much start every day with a workout with them um, or I end every day with a workout with them. Um, I'm pretty much texting with them all day just about like, what are you guys eating today? You know what I mean? It's all these like little, it's taking all the conversations and sort of actions that we would have had in like such a compact amount of time, maybe an hour to two hours every single day or every other day with that person and like really spreading it out. So you sort of get more, um, more of that. So, you know, it's community in this time, at least I think, you know, community has been like a really crucial part, not just of like keeping me accountable, but like also giving me a lot of mental clarity and you support too. Cause I think, you know, this is a, this is a really challenging time for a lot of people, um, especially in New York city, like, like I said, like I can't go outside and run. This is the this is the longest I've ever gone in since I was uh, 16 years old without running. Um, I which can feel it can feel like such a weight. I think, but knowing that we're sort of all in this together. Shout yeah, out to Governor Cuomo. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's it's it feels good to have to know that we are in all this in this together, and it's not it's not the same as, you know, I hurt myself and no one understands that I can't run. It's like, yeah. no, like we're, we're all hunkered down and like trying to figure this out together. So totally. there's that aspect of it. And then 
again, not sponsored by Whoop. I'm not sponsored by Whoop. This is not sponsored by Whoop. I <laughs> yeah, love Whoop say, Teams. Say it again. I think Whoop Teams. <laughs> I think Whoop Teams is like so phenomenal. I um, I I'm a part of a few different teams, and like I just love getting to see like what different members of different communities are like doing to like stay active and stay creative in like our small ass apartment. Yeah. Yeah. So to explain that real quick in, for those that don't know, in the whoop app, you can create a team and you can sort of see everybody's recovery and strain and so on and so forth. So, I mean, such a great point, Nicole, like right now with everything going on and having to be hunkered down and, uh, social distancing, that having community, which is, you know, a huge thing for us here at League, is such a critical piece to, you know, reminding you that you are not, yeah, you're not alone, right? Like, you have other people to lean on, and we're we're all in this together in a lot of ways, shapes, and forms. And so with that being said, I know you've been doing some pretty great work, too, trying to support um, frontline workers and, uh I don't know the full breadth of it, but I know that you uh, started some initiative donation p- based uh, piece that that is really trying to help those in New York that are on the front lines of COVID. What's going on uh, with that? Yeah, so um, I partnered with one of my friends here in New York who has a lot of connections to um, the hospitals and like the nurses in the COVID-19 units here. Um, I personally, I love seafood. food. I'm friends with a lot of restaurant owners in New York City. I've seen sort of the devastation. You know, we kicked this off when isolation, I think, was only in a week um, at that point. Um, but I saw just in that, that week alone, like what it had done to like the restaurant and hospitality industry. So I thought, what a great way for my friend and I to sort of come together and, you know, use both our resources and our networks to sort of raise funds to, you know, support the restaurants in New York City um, by bringing meals to frontline workers. Um, so what ended up happening was we partnered with three restaurants, uh, Honey Brains, um, which I think is has one location downtown, um, Williamsburg Pizza, which is like one of my favorite pizza places of all time. And then David Burke, who's like most, he's known for being like one of the best restaurateurs in like the world. Um, he, they also graciously, we all came together and were able to provide, I think, two or three weeks of meals to, um, frontline workers simply just based on people sending me money to my memo, um, by word of mouth, which was kind of incredible. Um, I, yeah, it's, it was really fantastic. Um, we are no longer doing it um, just because it has become increasingly difficult to get food to frontline workers yeah. um, if you're not like affiliated with the hospital. So that said, um, nice segue here. You can go to um, David Burke's website and you can donate there because they are still running their initiative um, as an official partner um, with some of the hospitals in New York City. So. If anyone listening wants to donate, please feel free. Amazing. Yes, please reach out. Frontline workers and hospitality folks to need the help right now. Um, and anything we can do to support is is critical. With that being said, too, Nicole, just to give some context for people that, that do not live in New York. So full transparency, I live in New York, but I am currently in Lansing, Michigan. Um, I was able to get out of the city, thank God, before... Um, everything sort of kicked off, but I have so many friends and family still hunkered down in New York, stay-at-home orders, um, and everybody, for the most part, thankfully, has been able to uh, get by being at home and stay healthy. How has it been 
um, sort of being on the front lines from a national standpoint when we think about COVID just being in New York um, and what that experience has been like? Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite um, scary. So I'm a single gal that lives alone pretty much in the middle of the city. I live in Gramercy Park. Um, I, you know, I when I moved to my neighborhood and essentially like when you think of New York, you just think of it as like such this, like this lively place that you just like, you want to spend all your time outside and you want to interact with people. And for someone like me that, you know, I really do love all the relationships that I cultivate and build with people. Um, and, you know, I really thrive off that. It's to have in like such a grand scheme that be stripped away from a city that is known for that. It's like, it's quite like, it's quite, um, I, I don't want to use the word horrific, but it is, it is one of those things that makes you question like, like, what am I doing here? And like, as much as like, we put in the work to sort of help, you know, those frontline workers and like, we're doing our best to social distance and like, we're staying in our homes. It's like, it really does make you question like, what keeps us here. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, I don't really know where I'm going with this. Um, because yeah. I just feel like I've, I have this conversation every day. So this is like, <laughs> no, no it's, 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 it's ever evolving, but I mean, like it is like New York is quite, it's a scary place right now. And it's, yeah. it's a sad place and it's not the New York that I know. And I haven't known for the last 10 years. And so it really is. I don't, I don't know that we'll go back to the same New York that we were. Um, but I think yeah. it is just like, it's a, it's like with any relationship, it's a, it's a relearning of ways and how to, how to be in, in a new place. So totally. I, I look at it with sadness, but I also look at it with like a lot of optimism for, you know, not just like for the new businesses that are going to come up from this, from the community that's going to be stronger from this. Um, yeah. You know, I, I try to look at it from that angle too. Yeah, totally. We've, we've got to keep a, a thread of hope right now. I mean, seemingly the unknown and everything going on is, is, can be, terrifying for lack of better term but um I, th- I applaud and i'm super proud of you because you're you're doing the work to help those on the front lines and, and those that have maybe had some job loss right now and yeah for those of you that don't know that you know maybe have don't live in new york obviously living in the city is a is a unique relationship for uh those of us that have chosen to do so i know there's sort of a love-hate relationship with new york outside of the context of those that live there and even for those that live there. So yeah, everything you're saying really resonates just in the context of like New York is such a personal relationship and your relationship with it is really based off of like being able to be out and move around and sort of be a part of the city. Um, and so yeah, having to, to stay at home and, and this whole new normal that we will have to adjust to, um, is just, it's, it's crazy to really think about how much life has, has essentially changed in the last three months with um, everything going on, but trying to keep some some positive threads um, throughout all of this. And yeah, lean on that community, continue to do what we can to help those that, uh, that really need the help. With that uh, being said, Nicole, I know working out and, and being an everyday athlete is such a centerpiece to your life how has it shifted um your relationship with yourself and and more importantly maybe not more importantly but how you engage with the world at the same time yeah um so i i've always been quite an introvert so i 
kind of thrive in situations where like I'm okay being by myself um as far as like the work outside of things you know it's I the way that I've sort of shifted is like everything's inside now so like I'm on my trainer versus running so I get like my cardio in that way and then you know buying I bought a few sets of weights just to have around um I think you know the relationship I have with myself um through sport and I mean just being a person and being trying to be as nice to myself as possible is like um I'm just I feel like I'm just trying to be a lot kinder um not not just to the people around me I feel like that's always just been a core of like staple of like who I try to be as a person but I mean just to myself of like every like just feeling every day as it comes and sort of addressing it as as it is because like every day is so different um and it's not just it's no longer is just like the relationship of yourself like this is really it's really just a it's everything it's everyone around you and making sure everyone around you is safe and um well as well totally totally and do you feel like the working out in I'm not sure if you have a mindfulness practice or not but like all these sort of tools if you would have helped even through the difficulty helped you you know, meet every day any differently? Like how is still having the, the active lifestyle, if you would, um, helped over the last few months? Um, so I think it definitely helped. I mean, it just, for me, it's, I've really taken sport in this time and used it as a way to break up my days. Yeah. So in a, in a, in a place that it, it used to be, um, something that I would like pride myself on almost and be super like just super ambitious about it more it's kind of shifted its purpose a little bit to be more of like a survival tactic so and I don't mean I don't mean survival in like the most extreme way I just mean it as a mindfulness practice in itself so I as someone like I work in digital um and I'm forever sitting at my computer as someone that just like is always on almost um it's nice to have to break my days up into like 20 or 30 minute, two to 20, sorry, two 20 to 30 minute increments um, where I'm just focused on, you know, working out with that mutual benefit of, um, you know, clarity and um, just creating a little bit of space for myself, even though I'm in such a tiny physical space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Great tools to use. And yeah, I mean, I think for me too, it's, it's been just a practice. I mean, now more than ever, it's always running for me. So I, I run, I'd like being on the bike too, but the, my prayer primary means of uh, working out is running. It's always been sort of an outlet, but now more than ever. And thankfully, you know, I have enough space, but now more than ever, it's, yeah, it's been that it's been a way to shift mood or sort of just, uh, be an outlet for frustrations or an outlet for just, holy shit, I don't know what's going on <laughs> right mm-hmm. now, uh, to bring just some presence right in, into the day. And, um, yeah, it can be, can be helpful amidst, uh, the craziness that is, that is happening right now. Uh, I'm curious too, just how work has transitioned for you. I know, uh, some of us that are, are blessed still have the ability to, um, you know, be working and working from home. Has it, has it changed at all? Do you feel, uh, any different? I know that role, the role that you're in now is fairly new. So how, how has that transition been? Yeah. So, um, I've actually almost been working with this company for almost 
a year, I'd have to say. Um, I've always been remote with them. Um, so they're based in Austin, Texas. Their name is Hypergiant. Um, they're essentially an AI complex, which is really cool, um, doing super amazing work within climate change and space. Um, my actual work, while both while those industries have sort of flowed a little bit, there is a lot more attention on them because, you know, a pandemic affects everything. But my actual work, I feel so lucky, has not changed too much. Um, if anything, I think I have more work than I've ever had, which <laughs> yeah. I'm also very thankful for. Yeah. Um, the thing that has changed um, in my teaching, which has been quite difficult, is I'm now teaching all of my classes online. So um, there, there's been times where I've taught semesters online and it'll be like however many weeks long. But I also teach, you know, weekend intensive um, at New York University. So yeah. Those are those are eight hour days of yeah. just like full on lecturing. So now it's eight hours in front of a computer, not being able to see students' faces sometimes. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it, I think that's the real the real difficult part is really breaking down that that physical and that human yeah. interaction and reaction to everything. Um, so I'm I am excited to see where um, the systems end up going as far as like teaching and workplaces go. Um, I do think there's like a long way for that to, for that to go though, for it to be in a solid place. Yeah. 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 Difficult as we sort of transition back into uh, the new normal and what it's going to be like both digitally and physically to try to get back to whatever normal is. Um, seems mm-hmm. like there is, there's a lot of opportunity uh, as well as just, some patience with with trying to get back to uh being actually being around people again and uh being able to engage I can only imagine the difficulty as a teacher uh trying to engage with students and not being able to like see faces and see reactions or answer questions um what a what a world we are now living in with uh with all that being said so just to recap for everybody the reason why we jumped on is because i was super intrigued with nicole's um recovery efforts and then just a chop game about everything going on right now and how um you know how you're staying mindful and staying active (laughs) and utilizing all these these things in your life to like you said uh you know not full on survival mode, but just, yeah, utilize these things to keep, to try to keep your mindset in the right place. Full recap for everyone. Cause I don't know if I outlined this in my amateur, uh, interview, uh, experience. What, what exactly does your recovery process look like? Is it like a certain amount of gallons of water? Are you super paying attention at like, you know, I get this amount of sleep. Um, like what, what any detail that maybe somebody could draw from that you use for recovery? Yeah. Um, well, first I just want to say, I think it's different for everyone, but I, you know, I have mine down to a science almost. Um, I drink a gallon of water a day. I eat three really solid meals every single day with three snacks. Um, and then I also have dessert every day. Um, <laughs> so I think fueling is, awesome. fueling is like super, super important. I love to cook, so that's another thing. Um, for sleep, I am, I'm actually counting upwards of like eight hours of sleep a night now, which is fantastic. Amazing. Um, yeah. And then I, you know, I do still take one to two proper no workouts kind of days but that said you know it it really is more of like a restorative recovery day and that 
Um, I'll do yoga. I'm still, or I'll do like, this is so silly. I can't believe I'm admitting this. I'll do a dance class on like the Peloton app. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll, I'll go and walk for 30 minutes. Um, previously I would just like do a casual swim, get in the pool, nothing, not doing laps, just casual getting my body and moving and joints moving. Um, so there's that. And, um, you know, I just love to flex my brain a little bit. So recovery is 30 minutes a day. I'm still reading every day. So it's, it feels when I sit, when I list it out like that, like a lot of boxes to tick, but it's really, it's, it's just main, when you begin to set boundaries in place for yourself, that's when you begin to create yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, that's how I sort of look at it. That's amazing. Yeah. A lot to draw from there just in terms of, um, having that regimen for lack of a better term and yeah, knowing, knowing yourself, it's different for everybody else, but just knowing like, I know I need this amount of sleep or, um, I mean that water is, I think pretty much the same for everybody <laughs> as prescribed, <laughs> but, um, just yeah, knowing what you need to do and testing different things to make sure that you're getting the most out of your recovery. And, and I mean, it translates more than just working out, right? I mean, all of those things can help you just be, uh, a bit just feel better on a day-to-day basis um, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is super helpful so I mean that's really it Nicole I think this this has been super useful I wanted to keep it short and sweet and not do any super deep dives as as I'm learning here to be a better uh, interviewer and really try to make these episodes as succinct as possible however I do have a few questions so I think I told you maybe previously but I was I've assessed with James Lipton, um, mm-hmm. rest in power. And for those that don't know, James Lipton used to do a show on TV called Actor Studio, and he used to ask the same ten questions to people at the end of every interview. I'm testing this out to see if it works. We'll see if these make the cut or not. But um, I've got a few questions if you're open to to ask. Um, and the first being, what is your favorite word? Love. Awesome. Um, what is your least favorite word? God, I can't believe I have to say that's moist. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that one. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? Um, I love the sound of making out. That's really <laughs> cool. <laughs> no, that's really cool. I, I haven't heard that before. That's why we ask these questions because it's like a little foray into to personality. Um, what sound or noise do you hate? so weird i hate the sound when people mix greek yogurt or any dairy product it grosses me out (laughs) that's actually pretty funny i've never thought about that either i thought you were gonna say like chewing or something but no (laughs) so you don't you don't eat uh, greek yogurt or mix anything in your yogurt at all then huh thank god i'm allergic to dairy (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty funny um what is your favorite curse word? Fuck. <laughs> Another uh, personal favorite of mine, too. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, I'm in the process of switching my career into being a climate change policy maker. So oh, wow. stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. That's a big deal. Um, awesome. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? So my dad owns one of the biggest um, garbage and recycling plants on the East Coast, and I would never <laughs> want to do that. 
but it's it's evolved into being an avid advocate of the climate, right? Like you've you sort of transitioned yeah. in a in a different way. It's inspired, but yeah. I would never <laughs> want to do that. I can understand that. And then the last question: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? At least you made it. <laughs> you got through okay. Good. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for jumping on amidst all the craziness that's going on right now. I think there's some useful things uh, in this conversation that hopefully people can draw from. It's always a pleasure to talk to you um, and keep doing amazing work. I'm full transparency. I'm a huge fan of Nicole and just her energy and what she puts out into the world. So definitely be sure to follow her on social. Nicole, do you want to sort of give everybody the, yeah, the rundown social, anything else you'd yeah. like them to maybe check out? For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram um, at Nicole Lower. That's L-O-H-E-R. Sweet. Yeah. I'll put the, I'll put that in the episode notes. Her Twitter is definitely lit. Check that out. Um, <laughs> Have a good Sunday. I appreciate you jumping on, and we'll talk soon. Likewise, dude. Be well. Awesome. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. There it is. Episode two with Nicole Loher. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next Monday with a new episode, episode three. Be sure to check out the new segment on Wednesdays, too, as we continue to experiment. Hope you're safe. Be well. Talk soon. Peace.